Hear Hannity's Morning Minute weekdays at 745 on the Hill Country Patriot. There is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to change the station. We are controlling transmission. If we wish to make it louder, we will bring up the volume. If we wish to make it softer, we will bring it to a whisper. For the next hour, sit quietly and we shall control all that you hear. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limits. And now, it's time for the radio show that covers just about every topic. Because variety is the spice of life. From the arcane and unusual to current events and practical tips. Because if it's interesting, they'll be talking about it. And now, here's Bill and Allison Mancaro. Good morning, Hill Country. Good Good, morning, good good morning, good morning. Good morning, Hill Country. Hi, Allison. Hi, Bill. How are you doing this morning? I'm okay. You're just okay? Come on. <laughs> Hope you're better than that. It looks like it might be, uh, I don't know, I didn't check the weather. It's supposed to be really hot every day for the next 50 years, but... Uh, <laughs> it's, well, uh, it's hot at our house. It I is. Uh, tell you that. We, in Kerrville, it's overcast. Our, our, our air conditioner is straining. I know. We've had, we've had it on 72 or something for the past you know few weeks, and it's never gotten below, what, 75? Oh, and in the bedroom, it's been 77. Yeah, it's been kind of... And we like a chilly yeah. bedroom, so... Been kind of tough. Well, we are Bill and Allison. We're sometimes wrong. But we're always right. We're always right. Fighting a never-ending battle for truth, justice... And the American way. We're never PC, are we, Allison? Politi- no, we're not. Politically correct. Very, very... Probably, I can't remember the last time... I, I've spent my entire life being politically incorrect. I was politically <laughs> correct, I think, once. I don't think I ever have been. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't know it. It was just my opinion. But we are politically incorrect. Most importantly, we strive to be B.C., biblically correct, right? That's right. And I'm a native Texan, born in the panhandle. Allison, you are a native what? American. A native American. I was born born in Ohio. Born in Ohio. You were born in America. I was born in Texas. I got it. Uh, But we do have a trigger warning. What is that? We're non-binary. We are non-binary. Non, we identify and, as non-binary. And somebody stole that from us. Yeah, that, I because there's that. now a T-shirt I, out there that says I, that. Well, we're in radio. We probably stole it from somebody else. <laughs> Borrowed it, not stolen. Borrowed it. That's I true. don't know. That's true. Or we could take credit for it. Whatever. Our verse this morning is from the Gospel of John. Jesus said, "Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me." And the great commentator Matthew Henry, you may have a copy of his commentary. It's very common. Common commentary. Wow. <laughs> well, that's, that's deep. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Matthew Henry said be, about this verse, Be not cast down and disquieted. The word, uh, let your heart be kept with full trust in God. Uh, others, However, others are overwhelmed with the sorrows of this present time. Be not you so. 
Christ's disciples more than others should keep their minds quiet when everything else is unquiet. Here is the remedy against this trouble of mind. Jesus said, believe. By believing in Christ as the mediator between God and man, we gain comfort. And also remember Romans 8, 28, of course, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them are who are the called according to his purpose. Exactly. Breaking news. Absolutely breaking news. At the uh, Blaze Media event in uh, Blaze Media Summit in Iowa last night, which Tucker Carlson hosted, uh, he interviewed Mike Pence, the former vice president under Trump, Trump, who is running uh, is against Trump now for president, among other, many other candidates. Uh, and what Pence said, basically, he killed his presidential campaign last night. Tucker asked him a question, and he basically shot his political campaign. So he ain't going to be president. He's going to probably you know, not be nominated either. Well, I didn't think he would. You know, uh, well, you never know. Before that. You never know early on who's going to rise to the top. I mean, sometimes it's a, it's a toss-up. Tr- that's true. We didn't think it would be Donald Trump. No, nobody. Very, very few people. 2016. Very few people thought it would be Trump. But uh, what Mike Pence said, he was saying, oh, you know, uh, he's talking about Ukraine, and he's a big hawk on Ukraine. we gotta, you know, we got to give them everything they want and then some. Uh, he said, we promised them 33 Abrams tanks in January. Uh, they still don't have them. Well, we told them we trained their F-16 pilots, but now they're saying, you know, sometime, maybe someday. And Tucker interrupted uh, Vice President, former Vice President Pence. He said, I'm sorry, you're distressed the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks? And then <laughs> Tucker continued, every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the U.S. And, and Harley was just talking about that. The, the reason that's defund the police stuff is so they can bring in federal troops and control mm-hmm. us even more. So that's, mm-hmm. that's what the left wants. They want mm-hmm. chaos. Mm-hmm. All right. But going on with what Tucker said to Pence, there's not one city that's gotten better in the United States, and it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet your concern to Pence is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks? I think it's a fair question to ask, where's the concern for the United States in that? And you know what Pence said? And this is verbatim. That's not my concern. Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. He said it twice. He's not concerned about the destruction of the cities. He's more In, In the United States. In the United States, he's concerned about the destruction of Kiev. And cities in Ukraine. Uh, so, I, I I really think Pence is you know, politically gone. Yeah. Politically gone. Well, you know, we're talking about the election of 2016. I think we should relate our experience. Election night in 2016. We were, the, the event that Bill was referring to, uh, that Tucker was, was more or less hosting, uh, yesterday was in Des Moines, Iowa, and for the uh, 2016 election night, Bill and I were at the uh, Iowa State 
Republican Party party election night. Yeah, we have to, we, in Des Moines. We've uh, been involved in political campaigns in Iowa, and we oh, for, uh, for, for we, we've been involved in politics for many, many, many years. Yeah, and we we did a uh, we did a congressional race in Iowa, and uh, and uh, yeah, we had a friend. So we got a lot of friends. Friend there who, who ran yeah. for Congress. Yeah, so we've got a lot of friends in Iowa politics, but. Uh, but, in fact, we uh, had we had dinner with the governor election night. You've forgotten that? <laughs> I forgot that we you did. Had, we had dinner with Terry Branstad and oh, and, I did, I did and Chris that. Christine. I did forget, the, I did forget the that election night, I and we were going over the election returns. Anyway, I forgot. You oh, that's forgot right. That. Was, and, and he pulled his phone out, and he was he was yeah, getting he was looking at getting updates. Yeah. But what but what what was really fun? It was just the what was five or six of us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was anyway. just. Yeah, maybe six okay. of us, I think. Yeah. Um, but what was so much fun was um, we really weren't totally expecting Donald Trump to, to win. And um, it was, as, as you might remember, um, Fox News did not call Donald Trump until, what, about 3 o'clock in the morning? Mm-hmm. Something I mean, like that. I mean, I, you, I, well, by saying they didn't phone him. They didn't make a phone call to Donald Trump. <laughs> You're talking political words that like, oh, not sorry. everybody knows. I'm sorry. I'm they called sorry. the race. They, they called they, it in favor of Trump. Trump. Actually, it wasn't Fox. Uh, that's not what uh, we went by. We went by, uh, um, I believe it was New York Times or AP. Well, actually, calling the, it, the, calling the, the, the party, the, the Republican Party party, had Fox News on. Oh, okay. Right. And That's it, when we thought Fox News was a good good station. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it used to be. And as, as a matter of fact, at one point, I said, I'm just, why, why don't we just go to bed and have the TV on while in bed, because I'm just getting tired of this. But uh, anyway, we 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 stayed for the, the whole thing, and finally they called Donald Trump. I mean, they I'm sorry, they <laughs> announced that Donald Trump had won. And um, the the next day oh well, you, you totally forgot that evening didn't you well, some parts of that evening <laughs> i'd forgotten about yeah it's dinner. like it's like two o'clock or three o'clock in the morning and uh oh that's oh that's right you you made you know yeah there's still a lot yeah, of people ba- ba- there's still made. a lot of people there but um um our uh, one of our very good friends uh who's a big wig in the iowa republican party Came over to me and he said, uh, the AP, or I think it was AP or New York Times, one of the two, probably the AP, that's more reliable. Yeah, yeah. Even, you yeah. know, it's kind of hard to say, but it is a little, a little more reliable yeah. than the New York Times. Yeah, I think so. uh, he said they, they have just called the, the presidential race for Trump, or, you know, announced that Trump would And And would Fo- win. Fox had not. And Fox had not at Wh- that which point. Which is what the TV was on so nobody in at the, the party. Nobody at the Iowa Republican uh, Election Watch party uh, knew that uh, Trump had been officially you know at least at least the news media was calling him although fox would not of course um and so anywhere the friend came up and he said well why don't you get up uh, to the microphone and make the announcement and uh, i said you're not you're not sandbagging me are you make me look like a complete idiot and it didn't happen he said no no it really did happen and i said well the governor well the governor's gone well what about Joni ernst the senator well she's gone uh, what about Chuck Grassley? Well, he went to bed about seven. So, <laughs> hey, uh, PM, PM. So I, I said, really, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do it. You do it. So I did. I got up and announced that uh, Trump had won. That's right. And later, because a lot of people didn't didn't know who I was, and right. the next morning at breakfast, people were coming up saying, uh, <laughs> saying, who, who are you? <laughs> well, and but but we we flew out um, of Des Moines 
the the very next day after after election. Oh night. yeah, that was cool. And and we were at the airport, <laughs> and um, I guess I have to take over. At the party, okay, they had given out MAGA hats. Mm-hmm. So Bill was wearing his at the airport, and we're going through security, <laughs> and, and and the security TSA t- TSA called us aside and yeah, we're thinking and we're thinking oh brother <laughs> yeah it's because of the MAGA hat or did we do something bad no he just wanted to tell us how great it was that trump was elected well what, what, what he said was what when Tr- um trump made his uh, announcement that he was running for president in des moines and i don't know if you remember but he came down the escalator at in in new york city and he got on an airplane and he went to des moines and that's where he made his his net official announcement mm-hmm. and um the tsa tsa guy was pulling us aside to say that uh trump had hired uh tsa people to work private for, security for, yeah. for private security and and uh he said that he said they got a tour of the plane and he said mr trump was so wonderful <laughs> He has a reputation of being very kind to to uh, you know people who work for him. Um, you know, you may not believe that from reading the news stories or hearing right. hearing the drive by media, but uh, he has a reputation of being very uh, very personable and asking about your family and all all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and we so. were at at the Des Moines airport, and this this little lady was mopping the floor, and she came up to us because Bill was wearing a MAGA hat. Well, she was an immigrant. I don't know where she was from. Right, she was right. an immigrant. Yeah. And she said, thank you so much. I'm so happy Mr. Trump won. Yeah. How about that? How about that? And, <laughs> and then we changed planes in Chicago. <laughs> and, and the reception we received in Chicago. A little different? Chicago. Was wearing the MAGA hat. A little, little different. A little, little, little bit little different. different. Oh, and but you forgot, too, when we boarded the plane, uh, the flight attendant, you know how they greet you as you're boarding oh, right. the plane. I was wearing the MAGA hat. And uh, you, you, I think you might have been wearing them too. I don't remember. I could have. And uh, and she was like, oh, you know, oh, I'm so glad, you know, whispering. I'm so glad Trump won. <laughs> she said, you wouldn't believe how many people are are down in the dumps today. So I'm really <laughs> glad to see you guys. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Well, uh, this week in 1923, the Dr Pepper Company was incorporated in Dallas. Little Texas history for you. Uh, Dr. Pepper, you know, when I was growing up, you couldn't get Dr. Pepper. In, uh, uh, oh, okay. I didn't grow up in the Panhandle. You but, couldn't get uh, it in Ohio. Really? Okay. Yeah. It, it, we could only get it when we when we came out we here. Traveled. It, that and Coors out, Beer. Out west, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. yeah I didn't. Coors I didn't grow. And... I was born in Texas, but I didn't do all of my growing up. So when we did move out of state, I, my parents kidnapped me, <laughs> and uh, uh, I couldn't get Dr. Pepper. But it was anyway. It was first made in Waco in 1885. And uh, the owner of a drugstore in Waco employed a pharmacist uh, and who liked to fool around while well, he served soft drinks to customers when he wasn't being a pharmacist. And he liked to experiment with lots of different fruit extracts and sweeteners. And he invented that way Dr. Pepper. And uh, he named the beverage after Dr. Charles T. Pepper, uh, who was not in Waco. He was in Virginia. Uh, but he was a friend of the this fellow. Charles Alderton was his name. Uh, he had uh, worked for this guy in Virginia, liked him very much, so he named it after Dr. Pepper. And uh, today it's based in Plano, but uh, you can go to Waco and see the Dr. Pepper Museum and Free Enterprise Institute. 
We like that. Okay. Well, also, oh, yeah. go ahead. Well, as I say, also in this uh, this week, in 1861, the Order of the Sons of Herman in the state of Texas was founded in San Antonio, uh, the largest fraternal insurance benefits society, a membership of 80,161 lodges. Uh, you may think, well, okay, I don't care. But if you go out uh, toward Center Point mm-hmm. and you make a right turn, just down the road, not if you're leaving. Well, it depends on which way you're going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking from Kerrville, you yeah. turn right. From Center Point or Comfort, you turn left. Thank you, Allison. Uh, you'll see the Sons of Herman, um, I don't know what they call it, retirement home or something like that, and uh, out there. So that's why we mentioned the Sons of Herman. Okay, well, <clears throat> Bill was talking about beverages earlier. He was talking about Dr. Pepper. Uh, this is very sad news for oh. for beer lovers. America's oldest craft brewer is shutting down after 127 years in business. America's oldest craft brewer. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that would be. Anchor Steam. Anchor Steam is closing down? Yep, they are. Oh, my gosh. They're San Francisco, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They are. Why are they closing? Um, the, well, okay, they were bought I wish bought. it was Bud Light that was going <laughs> to... <Trans-Heiser> Busch <laughs> that was closing down. Um, well, they, they were bought by Sapporo, which is a Japanese company. Right. They also... Uh, Sapporo, if memory serves, owns, believe it or not, Sapporo, the Japanese company, owns Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels ain't some little small town company anymore. It's owned by the Japanese. Oh, I think I, I guess I did did know that. Either Sapporo or some other Japanese company. Yeah. They also own um, uh, Smithfield Foods. Oh, the, oh, I'm sorry, Chinese company owns Smithfield. Foods. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. we don't buy Smithfield Foods anymore, but they're owned by the Chinese uh, Chinese Communist Company. Yeah. Or a company that's any company in China is is in bed with the Chinese Communists. So anyway. But it, anyway, Anchor Steam got its start in 1896 in San Francisco, as, as Bill pointed out. Uh, it's the nation's first ever craft brewery. And it was um, in 1965, it was bought by Fritz Maytag, who's a descendant of the Maytag Corporation. Really? Mm-hmm. Be- because the company was on the verge of bankruptcy. Hmm. And, uh, and he helped usher in the craft beer, beer industry in the United States. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Well, now that we don't drink Bud Light anymore, or any <laughs> Transheiser Bush product, uh, we can't buy Anchor Steam anymore, but yes. but you can buy Yingling. Tell us about oh, Ying, Yingling, Allison. That's true. It's, isn't it the uh, what do you know about oldest, Yingling? Oldest, oldest brewery, brewery. Oldest brewery in America. And it's owned today by Mr. Yingling. Mm-hmm. It's a family-owned. Fifth, fifth, fifth generation. Not a public corporation. It's family-owned. Mm-hmm. And what else you know about it? What do you know about Mr. Yingling and his political persuasions? Oh, he's a supporter of Donald Trump. He's a supporter of Trump. That's right. So we switched from uh, other beers. We didn't never never drank Bud Light much. I'm, I like beer, not water. But uh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. he uh, colored water. Uh, but now we we when we drink beer, which is not very often, but uh, we've got the Yingling in our refrigerator now. Well, and you you heard what happened to uh, Miller High Life last week in in. I believe it was Belgium. Oh, the champagne of bottled beers. Yeah, no, it wasn't sh- Belgium. 
It was uh, France, I, wasn't I, it? I think it was, I, no, I think it was Belgium. Um, Why would Belgium hate the word? Uh, well, guard the word. Champagne? Well, because it's an it's an EU thing. Oh, okay. It's a. It's you better a, explain what we're talking about. Okay. Um, so, somebody was was uh, importing a lot of um, Miller High Life. Miller right. Miller High Life, which calls itself the Champagne of Beers, and it was confiscated by the government, and they smashed. 2,000 cans of mm. beer be, because they didn't like the, 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 the name, the moniker, Champagne of Beers. Why did they wait 70 years well, <laughs> to I complain think it was, about it? Well, it was because it was being imported into their country. For the first time? Oh, okay. I, I think that was Well, they, they were very sensitive about the word Champagne. I guess the EU now, even France has always been very sensitive because Champagne is a region of France, and officially you can't call any sparkling wine Champagne unless it comes from France. So. Mm-hmm. But it's not sparkling wine. It's a beer. Exactly. <laughs> well, and they don't say that... They say they're the champagne of beers. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of beverages, when we come back, we have some breaking news about the bag of cocaine that was found at the White House. We're Bill and Allison. We'll be back after a very short break. Here is the official state song of Texas. You're wonderful and great, boldest and grandest. Withstanding every test Oh, empire wide and glorious You stand supremely blessed Texas, oh, Texas Your freeborn single star Sends out its radiance To nations near and far Emblem of freedom It sets our hearts aglow With thoughts of San Jacinto And glorious Alamo God bless you and keep you brave and strong That you may grow in power And work throughout the ages long God bless you, Texas And keep you brave and strong That you may grow in power And work throughout the ages long Texas Welcome back. <laughs> I wondered when you're going to start talking. <laughs> well, you, just get, get, you, you just love the music, so just, you didn't want to say anything. I really do do like that music. <laughs> it is kind of cool. It is kind of cool. We are Bill and Allison at uh, on the Hill Country Patriot, your information station for Fredericksburg, Comfort, Bandera, Kerrville, Hunt, Ingram, Stonewall, Johnson City, Mountain Home Center Point, and places in between. The Hill Country. If you, uh, yeah, so, sometimes I'm just listening to that music, sort of zone out. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> but if you're in the hill country, you can hear us. And if you're in uh, places that claim to be in the hill country but aren't, like uh, Austin, uh, too bad for you. Well, uh, oh, that she, uh, that that mention of the PSA on tomatoes, I thought was interesting because I learned you didn't plant any this year. Well, no, and I don't plant any in the spring anymore. Oh, cause because the heat just destroys them. Yeah, you know, the, they just stop oh, fruiting, and that's you know. true. So now is the time to plant tomatoes, and you'll get you know you know as the weather cools off, they they'll like it a lot better mm-hmm. and less pests. As they they point a hundred and four injunction predicted. Oh mm-hmm. my God, lady. 
Ooh, you guys got to come to Kerrville to cool off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By what, three degrees? <laughs> well, I mentioned before the break that uh, we were talking about uh, beverages and uh, beer and... Uh, Another, quote, beverage, beverage, as you know, was found at the White House. A bag of cocaine was found at the White House. They found marijuana earlier, and now a bag of cocaine. When, by the way, the, uh, whatever her name is, Jean Perry, the, uh, the uh, White House press secretary, lied, outright lied, mm-hmm. about uh, them, um, the Bidens not being at the White House when, um, before, you know, on that Friday. They were. Uh, but what you haven't heard, well, you have heard the Secret Service say, oh, we don't know. We don't know who it was. Yeah, it's the most secure, one of the most secure rooms uh, in the United States, and visitors aren't allowed in there, only high-level staff and the family, and they, they have screening for the staff. But the family gets to go around the screening. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and do you know that when that white powder was discovered, mm-hmm. the White House had to be evacuated? Yeah. Do you know how much money that costs? Yeah, taxpayers. I mean, your, your sure. tax dollars sure. at work, sure. Sure. evacuating the White House. Well, and, and now the Secret Service says, well, we, we don't know who it was. Uh, we can't find any fingerprints. Well, Soldier Fortune magazine found out that they do know that the Secret Service lied. Isn't that a shock? Yeah. The Secret of they Service did. lied to the American people. Officials at the White House know who the person is who handled a pa- this packet of cocaine. They have confirmed that fight that via fingerprint evidence, according to sources with direct knowledge of the investigation. One security source said, quote, we know who handled it. We've known since last week, but they're covering it up. They're covering it up. They said uh, after they tested for cocaine, another test brought back a hit on the fingerprints. They know who it is. Ooh, let's let's try to guess who it was, Allison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's try to guess who it was. Well, veteran investigators uh, are saying it's and form, former Secret Service agents are saying it's a it's all a cover up by the Secret Service. Uh, one former agent told the New York Post, that's, quote, that, that's what they do. One former agent told the New York Post, quote, this is a cover up. How can they say they don't know who it is? It's a restricted area. They have a logbook. You don't have to be Columbo to figure out who was there. Uh, another agent told the New York Post, we have a tale of two countries. They identified hundreds of people who were in the Capitol building on January 6th, <laughs> but they don't know who left something in an eight by 10 room in the White House. <laughs> So it's, you know, the Secret Service is compromised. It's, uh, you know, at least a lot of people and apparently is, are corrupt. They said it spent 11 days investigating and couldn't figure out who it was. Yeah, a real mystery. Gee, who had the motive? You know, with a crime, it's motive, uh, means, and opportunity. So who had the motive, who had the means, and who had the opportunity to bring cocaine into the White House? Mm-hmm. Who is so riddled with his addiction Mm-hmm. His sense of entitlement, uh, knowing that he'll never be held accountable for anything that will he would he'll do, even something as brazen as that. Gee, I don't know who that might be. Uh, and there's the lie. Innocent people don't lie. Think about that. They have no motive to lie. They 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 want the truth out. So when the White House lies to protect somebody, again, who could that possibly be? 
when the White House press secretary is caught telling a blatant lie, that's what they call a tell in poker. You know that they're lying. Mm-hmm. She said, the press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, the Biden family was not in the White House on Friday. That's what she said when the, when the cocaine was found. That was a lie. They were in the White House on Friday, the same day the cocaine was found there. Guess who else was there? Hunter Biden. Of course. Of course. He was there the same day the cocaine was found at the White House. Well, you saw that video of him from, what was it, last week? Yeah. He was with his, I guess, wife or whatever she is, and and a child. His brother's wife, you mean? Or is that somebody (laughs) else? I don't know. Yeah. Well, he's with some woman, and yeah. and, and he was with his brother's wife, late brother's wife. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this was with. I say a, with. <clears throat> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's with um, a, a woman the, the, and a child. Biblical a, with. And he is uh, acting not necessarily if he's as if he's snorting cocaine, but. As if he had just recently snorted. Oh, he's, snorted he's, he's messing with his nose constantly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you've ever been around anybody who's who's done yeah. cocaine, yeah. they get the sniffles a lot. Yeah. Well, I think the Secret Service lying, engaging a cover-up, and, you know, what's the evidence? I'm not an idiot. That's my evidence. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's uh, we have a two-tier justice system that, you know, if you... You know, if you're caught doing something wrong, you're going to go in the slammer, but um, not the elite. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's 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 all BS. Uh, they don't know who did what in the most secure and monitored building on the planet, probably. Um, and if you're an idiot, I mean, if you believe differently, you're just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's my opinion. I don't like to call our audience idiots, but I don't think anybody on your audience believes that. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, I really really don't well i i have a quiz for you okay okay what's the formal wear that was first worn by members of a private country club in new york (laughs) (laughs) that's your question Uh uh-huh uh tuxedo you're you're correct sir wow i'm just (laughs) throwing that out there i didn't know that okay what's a pattern derived from the 17th century tartan of clan campbell in scotland What's the first part of that question? A pattern derived. Derived from a tartan? Uh-huh. From the 17th century tartan of the Clan Campbell in Scotland. The Campbell Soup label. <laughs> I don't know. You'd be wrong. Argyle. Oh, okay. Okay. Pants created in 1948 that served as a tribute to an Italian island. Uh, this is not a guy okay, thing. So maybe okay, wait know. a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Pants created has served as a tribute to an island. Okay, I'll have to just think of the Italian islands. Uh, there's uh, Sicily. Um, there's, uh, oh, what's the other one, the big one? Not Corsica. Okay, I guess I don't know. Capri's. Capri, Isle of Capri. Exactly. Oh, of course. <laughs> Okay, what's the type of leather originating from the French phrase, gloves from Sweden? (laughs) I don't even know types of leather. I didn't know they came in types. Kid skin? Suede. Suede. Wow. Okay. Now, 
Uh, we, we're, before we leave the subject of the White House and the, the cocaine and all that, we're, we've left the subject of the cocaine, just like Hunter left the bag there. Uh, but uh, here's, uh, <laughs> here's your president. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. <laughs> I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. <laughs> Wow. Well, first of all, reincarnated, so he believes Satan is dead. <laughs> I mean, that's wrong on so many levels. Well, anyway, whistleblowers, you know, say that uh, we're, if you're keeping up on what's going on in, in Congress and the investigations, say that uh, there were whistleblowers coming out all over from the woodwork saying Joe Biden and his family have taken up to $30 million in illicit bribes and payments from foreign sources tied to China, Russia, and Ukraine. Now, Biden denies it, but as of a poll this week, more than by more than two to one, Americans say they believe the whistleblowers. Over well over half of voters believe that Biden took bribes while in office. Uh, Fifty-six to twenty-seven called Biden's bribery charges likely, likely. So. Uh, that's that's what uh, <laughs> that's what they think of uh, Joe Biden. That's what they think of Joe Biden. When we come back, we've got events going on in the Hill Country later on in the show. So stay with us for that. And uh, here's a question for you. Apollo astronauts reported that the moon smelled like what substance? We'll have that answer when we come right back. Welcome back. We're Bill and Allison. On the Hill Country Patriot. As you know, your information station for the entire Hill Country. Well, okay. You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. Well, that's the intro to our News of the Weird, and you got one, don't you, Allison? I do. The tourist who topped Italy's number one most widely wanted list after carving a love note on the wall of the Colosseum last what? week issued an apology and an excuse for his action. He so- simply didn't know how old the Colosseum was. <laughs> Ivan Dimitrov, a gym instructor from Bristol, in England, faces up to $16,000 in fines and five years in prison for defacing the nearly 2,000-year-old arena. Well, they ought to throw Isn't him in that incredible? They ought to throw him in the can. And, and, he's, oh, and he said, it's with deep embarrassment that only after what regrettably happened did I learn of the in- antiquity of the monument. Oh, come on. Really? That's his reason? Really? That's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's all he's got? So, 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 so you're on car- carving on... on, on Buildings, 
just well first of all i don't care how old it is you don't i know go, exactly you don't carving stuff on a building much well, less the coliseum i know i know what an idiot I mean, I was surprised it was only 2,000 years old. I thought, well, I thought it was older than that. Really? Well, we talked about polls earlier, uh, and that most American, most voters believe that Biden has taken bribes while in office. Can you imagine such a thing, Elson? Yeah. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. Well, we do. I don't care... <laughs> If you think I'm Satan reincarnated. No, just just think uh, you're a handy tool of his. Uh, four in ten Americans believe the world is in the last days, according to Pew Research. Wow. Um, 39% express the belief that humanity is living in the end times. 14% that believe, believe that Jesus will return to Earth someday. It's only 14%. And the world situation will worsen until then. Fifty-eight percent do not believe humanity is living in the end times, though. Uh, Christians are debating this. Uh, okay, the, uh, haven't they forever? <laughs> well, yes, that's that's a very good point. People in I've read that people who are living when um, the turn of the century, when it was nine hundred year nine ninety nine to one thousand, you know, turn of the millennium, not the century, the turn of the millennium, uh, they thought for sure that was going to be the end of the world. And, of course, when it went from 1999 to 2000, mm-hmm. a lot of people thought for sure it was going to be the end of the world because of Y2K, if you remember that. Oh, of course. Which was a nothing burger. Of course. Uh, but we we had some people in the church, in our church. Oh, that's right. They, they they left the United States. They moved to New Zealand. Because of Y2K. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Well, they don't have computers in that, New Zealand? That, or? That, that was the nuttiest thing I'd ever heard of. Yeah, they did. They did that because of Y2K. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, Christians have been debating. There is a, a reference to the uh, the Euphrates River drying up in Revelation 12. And uh, apparently what's happened is the Tigris-Euphrates uh, River Basin uh, is uh, the water levels haven't falling um, by a great deal, 40% in the past 40 years, uh, because the country's along its length, Turkey, Syria, Iran, and Iraq are becoming more and more developed. And so they're, they're using more and more water. So it's the, the river has been dropping uh, precipitously. And uh, a lot of people think that's a sign of the end times. Um, Matthew 24, they get a lot of that from um, Acts and, and Matthew 24. Um, Acts, uh, the disciples said to Jesus, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said, it's it's not for you to know the times or the seasons. Uh, that information belongs to the Father. So it's very, you know, uh, Matthew 24, again, is a, is a very controversial uh, chapter in the, in the Bible um, because you have to know when Jesus is talking about the end times and when he's talking about the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem when the, when the uh, Romans came in. Um, he did predict by the very interesting little factoid, he predicted that uh, not stone not a single stone will be left unturned uh, when you talk about the temple in Jerusalem. And what happened when the Romans invaded uh, and finally uh, siege, put siege to uh, Jerusalem and finally uh, was it, were able to get in uh, in 70 AD, they burned the temple. Okay? And the gold 
accoutrements, gold pots and lavers and what they call lavers, bowls, things like that, melted and the gold seeped between the cracks of the stone floor and the Romans took, uh, you know, uh, prying bars and things like that to, bar- to break up the stone floor and the walls to get to the gold that had gone in there. Fulfilling what Jesus said, that not one stone will be left unturned. Isn't that marvelous? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you're interested, I'll get off the subject, but if you're interested in uh, an interpretation of Matthew 24, which I think makes a lot of sense, there's a book called Eschatology of Victory, and that's a big word, but it means the end times. Eschatology, E-S-C-H-A-T-O-L-O-G-Y. Eschatology of Victory by a man named J. Marcellus Kick, K-I-K. So you can just look up Victory and Kick, K-I-K, and and see. It's it's not a heavy book. It's not a big book. It's fairly short, and uh, it's very uh, easily... Easily read, but um, uh, there was a, well, I won't, I can go on with that, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, in fact, I think we should hear from I our president. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. Boy, he's an argument for the last days, I'll tell you that. Whew, man, oh man, oh man. Well, we've got a lot coming up. Uh, we're Coming up on the news, we got a few minutes before that. Not much. Uh, ben and Jerry's. Have you heard about Ben and Jerry's, Allison? Yes. Yeah. You know what they did on July Fourth? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. They put they put out. If you know about Ben and Jerry's, I don't eat their ice cream. Never have. Uh, because they're leftists. They're, by the way, they are big. They've always been big time leftists. On July 4th, they put out a tweet. It said, This 4th of July, it's high time we recognize that the U.S. exists on stolen indigenous land and commit to returning it. Take action now, Ben and Jerry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, they have yet to... Uh, yeah, well, guess, guess, guess where their headquarters are, are located. <laughs> their headquarters in Vermont are located on Indian land. Exactly. Which the Indian stolen tribe pointed out. <laughs> Yeah, the, the chief of the tribe said, okay, when are you going to give it back to us? And uh, they, haven't, they haven't responded to that. Boy, did they put their foot in it. It was hilarious. Uh, well, the old saying, you know, if you go woke, you go broke, that's what's going on with Ben and Jerry's. Uh, after they put out that July 4th tweet on, you know, the U.S. was built on stolen indigenous land, we have to give it back. The parent company of Ben and Jerry's, which is Unilever, Unilever, I guess it's pronounced, saw a $2 billion loss mm-hmm. of market share. Mm-hmm. $2 billion, because conservatives called a boycott Ben & Jerry's. Uh, well, just like the folks at, at Budweiser. Yeah, at, at uh, Transheiser Bush. <laughs> I mean, uh, did you see Costco is apparently, I've seen contradictory reports in this, but it looks like Costco is dropping Bud Light. <sighs> They're not going to carry Bud Light. When their supplies are gone, which... <laughs> It's going to be years before their supplies are gone because nobody's buying it. Well, they dist- can't even give it away. Distributors are taking it back. Yeah. Uh, but I read that the Costco probably will not uh, not order any more. Uh, not necessarily because they don't like what, um, you know, tr- Dylan, that, that prancing, well, prancing well, twit. Well, because they're, they're afraid that well, the their custom- customers, well, customers, customers are not buying it. Customers aren't buying it. It's an economic decision. People right. aren't buying Bud exactly. Light anymore. Buy Yingling, you know, if you're going to buy anything. Don't buy Transheiser exactly. Bush products like 
Michelob and Bush and the rest of that stuff that they sell. Mm-hmm. Well, coming back from our break, we do have events of the Hill Country coming up, Allison. I know you got something that you're going to be talking about, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk about a, a couple of strikes coming up. Uh, big, major strikes. Like labor strikes. union strikes? Yeah, that, that might, might affect you. Okay. Well, at, 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 after the break. Okay, that and Hill Country events for the whole family coming up after our break. You're with Bill and Allison, so stay with us on the Hill Country Patriot, your information station. Now, the first couple of Texas radio. Here's Bill and Allison Mencaro. Welcome back. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, but no, Bill. No, that was no, that was Bob introduced. Bob Harmon introduced. Bob was introducing us. Thank you. The right. mainstay of the of the Ranch Radio Group. That's right. That's right. Well, I promised I was going to tell you there are um, a couple of strikes coming up very soon. Uh, that's going to affect um, most of us um, this week. 160,000 actors, announcers, game show hosts, and um, even extras um, have gone on strike. Uh, Their union, SAG-AFTRA, which is a Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of TV and Radio's uh, artists, um, didn't reach a deal with the studios uh, by the deadline, which was this week, and uh, they're going to be joining the already striking Writers Guild of America um, workers. So, so that means if there are any you know TV shows that that you like, um, tough luck. You're you're not going to be seeing them because they they will not be. And and when when I was uh, looking up working on the story, um, this is something that Bill might not know. But uh, we had a very dear friend who was on the radio years ago, and he was on CBS radio. And he did not like unions, but he had to join uh, AFTRA uh, because he was on the radio. That was true. I've never worked at a station where you That was Stan. Oh, that was Stan? I Uh thought it was Pat Corton. No. uh, Pat probably did, too. Okay. Because Pat was at WTOP, right? And Stan was national, though. Yeah, Stan, Stan, Stan exactly. Evans, exactly. You know, M. Stanton Evans. Um, yeah, I never had to. Although I did work at uh, WMAQ in Chicago, which is the NBC uh, owned and operated station, uh, but I was not on the air there. So I guess that's how they got. I got around being a, being a union. I was a producer uh, for the radio station, but all the other stations I worked at were not were not uh, union stations. So, but uh, well, it was weird to work at uh, at uh, MAQ because uh, uh, you could not uh, you could not touch a microphone. Oh. You weren't the talent, which uh, the on air talent is what the term is. <clears throat> talent as opposed to the engineers who know a heck of a lot more and are and do, are, do a heck of a lot more work do a heck of and a lot I more say, work and i said that because i'm the engineer yeah they're not called a talent it's only on there but anyway uh talent was all, not all the talent has to do is sit there and look pretty uh, well sound pretty you don't have to look like anything you know what the old saying is you got a face for a radio but they uh you know you couldn't you couldn't touch a microphone if you wanted to move your microphone half an inch 
you had to call in a union guy to come in and move your microphone or girl lady i, I can't woman. imagine because i'm constantly moving my mic well then you'd have to have a constantly a union person <laughs> being paid gobs of money per hour to sit there and move a microphone yeah well okay that, this that's not it um there, there's um anyway the the thinking is that this strike might be lasting a long time and that they're just there's they're just going to uh, um the executives are going to an anonymous source says uh, the quote the end game is to allow things to drag on until union members start losing their apartments and losing their houses so so so, so that's how long they think it will take but the other str- so so that will affect you if you watch tv and movies and that sort of thing should be listening to the radio not watching tv oh, that's, that's a good, very good point but it'll probably affect but, radio if after is involved well exactly yeah but um also, won't affect us. Bill and Allison will still be on the air <laughs> right. as, as the Lord wills. That's right. We, we're not unionized. Um, anyway, um, another another strike that could seriously affect you is that uh, the UPF uh, contract talks uh, have fallen apart. So so that means uh, UPS ain't going to be delivering your packages. Um, they... Uh, UPS workers um, are members of the Teamsters Union, and uh, so they represent 340,000 uh, of the UPS workers, and um, they're walking away from nego- negotiations. And so their contract expires July 31, so effective August 1, UPS won't be delivering for you. However, however... Um, they do have, uh, UPS does have on hand some um, non-union employees, which, so of, co- of course, the union people hate. I'm sure. But, yeah. uh, but so that's, that's who they're going to be calling in. Um, but, but still, it means that uh, our package delivery is going to be awfully clogged up. Mm, well, wow. However, you know, FedEx will probably be picking up a lot of FedEx, extra Prime. business. Prime probably too, right? Do they deliver? You seen those huge trucks? Prime yeah. trucks? Yeah. I don't know if they're part of the union, the Teamsters or not. I have no idea. I don't know. But but in, in, anyway, anyway, so the um, UPS ha- handles 20 million packages every day. Wow. So you know what a strike is going to do to that. Yeah. yeah. Well, before the break, I uh, said... Uh, I was going to ask a question. I'm going to ask Allison. She's always quizzing me and these these surprise quizzes. And uh, you know, sometimes I get the answer, but sometimes they're pretty obscure. <clears throat> okay, Allison. Speaking yes. of obscure, yes. Apollo astronauts reported that the moon smelled like what substance? Blue cheese. <laughs> she what? <laughs> Blue cheese. Oh. Is that your answer? That's my answer. Sticking to it? I'm sticking to it. Okay. Burnt gunpowder. Huh. Burnt gunpowder. I'm wondering why. I guess the impact of uh, meteors, and, and which would cause a lot of friction and burn up soil, or, you know, that's... I have no idea. That's my idea. It is Shark Week at the Johnson City Science Mill. Lots of activities for the whole family from now until next Tuesday. 
from 10 to 5, except don't show up on Monday because the sharks take a vacation every Monday. <laughs> if you want more information on that, go to a very simple website, sciencemill.org. Actually, Bill and I went diving with sharks. We did. We did. Scuba diving. Not at the Johnson City Science Mill. <laughs> no. But we did scuba dive in, in, uh, in the ocean. In Bahamas. Bahamas. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that was actually, I'm glad they weren't hungry because you actually swim right next to a shark. Oh, Look, yeah. You're looking right. at a shark like three feet away from you. Uh-huh. And I mean, you could reach out and touch it. I didn't. <laughs> well, and, and also your instructor tells you not to wa- waggle your fingers around because they will think it's food. They will think it's like a little fish and try to bite yeah, it. Yeah, that's exactly so, so, right. So they say, you know, keep, keep your hands, you know, up to your chest. And don't wiggle your fingers. <laughs> well, except we were swimming. We were wiggling our feet you know, with our fins on. But I guess those are too big for a shark yeah. to be interested in. I don't know. Right. But uh, when they do plus, feed plus the sharks. Mine are hot pink. Yours were hot pink. That's right. They are hot pink. You know, when, you, uh, when they do feed the sharks, uh, what happens is uh, they have this cage thing with, with all the, ch- what they call the chum, the pieces of fish that sharks like to eat. And they're in this cage. And, uh, boy, when, when the uh, dive master comes down, uh, the sharks know exactly what's happening because they do this, you know, once or twice a day. And uh, they just circle around, and they tell you just to uh, – they tell the divers, okay, it's, a sh- it's shallow, what, 15, 20 feet, 30? 20, uh, it wasn't 20, you know, 20, 20 feet, 30 I feet. Yeah, I don't even think it's 30. But anyway, right. you get – they say get on your knees, mm-hmm. keep your hands – to your side, to you know, to yourself. Just cross your, I guess, cross your arms in front mm-hmm. of you. Yes, that's what exactly. we did. Exactly. Don't have any movement, and just watch them feed the sharks. And the sharks come right over you, right over your shoulder. <laughs> oh yeah, toward the yeah. toward the, the feeding. Oh, and 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 one came right directly to toward my face, <laughs> directly. But I didn't want to flinch. No. But it was it was hard not to. But I didn't and. Last split second, it turned away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is I mean, terrifying. I mean, it, it, it feels it's, like it's going to come right It's an you. adrenaline rush. They also tell you not to have any anything that... Uh, shiny. Sh- shiny. Yeah, you know, Jewel- you got any jewelry. Jewelry or, uh, you know, anything that, that would, would attract them. And these are big re- reef sharks, as mm-hmm. I recall. Mm-hmm. And they are dangerous, dangerous animals. And these are mm-hmm. not trained mm-hmm. sharks. <laughs> They're just, you know, whatever. They happen to be in the ocean and they come for the food, so... That was a thrilling experience, I gotta it tell was. you. It was. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I uh, also this a little history that I didn't get to earlier. Born this week in 1882 was Ima Hogg, mm-hmm. and there was actually a person named Ima I M A Hogg H O G G. She was a society leader, Texas arts patron, founder of the Houston Symphony. She was born in Mineola, Texas, which is near Tyler. In 1882. Now, there's a myth about I'm a hog. I'm a hog was a real person, but there is a myth about her. Do you know the myth, Allison? Yes. What is? It? Well, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll tell let, tell I'll us. Let, I'll let you tell it. Okay. A lot of people believe she had a sister named Yura. U R A. Yura hog. <laughs> but that is not true. She did not have a sister named Yura hog. Just a little factoid there for you. Did Did you see that video yesterday? Of Joe Biden chewing on that little child. Oh, my. I was going to say, what does it matter with him? Well, but isn't that disgusting? If it's not, uh, I don't know, if it's if it's not senility, I'm not, I'm not sure. Maybe it's 
he's high on cocaine or something. <laughs> well, we, we we have a we have a friend who uh, who um, owned a nursing home, and and she told us several years ago that she she believes he is a typical um, of an Alzheimer's patient patient. But exactly. but, but in, in in that video, I mean, I saw it over and over and over again. But I guess it was a lot. Was well, you describe it for people who haven't seen it. Okay, okay. If you haven't seen it, it's it's Joe Biden nuzzling a little tiny, very small child, and chewing chewing at her, and the little girl is trying to pull away. Yeah, making. I wish we could we had video, but yeah. he's, he's he's just like smacking his lips and, yes. and kind of making chewing noises yes. at this child, and the child's like terrified. Yeah. It was really, really, I mean, really who is, disgusting. Who is this geezer? What is he trying to do to me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, what, can I mean, you imagine e- being on a staff? Yeah, I mean, even even if Grandpa were doing that, the kid might be freaked out. Well, really, a relative. Yeah, yeah. I mean, can can you imagine, you know, being on Joe Biden's staff? I mean, we've been on staffs of congressmen, uh, and when they do something embarrassing, you want to just shame <laughs> any Christmas. You just want to do that. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. Well, I don't know if we'd. I think Satan would be a lot brighter than, than uh, Joe Biden. <laughs> that's, that's Maybe true. he's just he's just a tool. That's all. Just a tool of Satan. Oh my! Well, you are the with Bill and Allison on the Hill Country Patriot. It's a little good news for you. Your information station. Your information exactly. Your information station. And uh, just seeing what we oh we've got so much to do you, to do what do you know that Subway. Now has meat slicers, m- machines that they they, do, they do. I care. They have. Well, you go to Subway occasionally. Occasionally, they they shelled out eighty million dollars to stock their twenty thousand locations. With Why? The, with the six thousand dollar meat cutting machines. What did they do before? A, a guy would would slice it in front of you. Okay. <laughs> Boy, this is. Breaking news, folks! I'll tell you. Well, Breaking news. Bill, Bill, they spent eighty million dollars. Well, they must have thought it was a good investment. I know. Hmm. Well, there's a new uh, subway place, or not? I shouldn't call it a, a new sub place <laughs> in, in Curve. Oh, oh, here, oh, here might be why. What? Okay. It, it, they're a privately held chain, and they're seeking to find a buyer. <laughs> Oh really? Subway is? Yeah, apparently. Oh, I just okay. read that. Okay. So, so apparently they're going to introduce the new sandwiches. Well, there's a new new sub place on uh, Junction Highway in Kerrville. I noticed. Haven't been in it. I just drove by it. I don't even remember the name of it now. It's like George's or Freddy's or something like that. Uh, and of course, we have uh, Jimmy John's, mm-hmm. which is very good. Mm-hmm. A little uh, little plug to Jimmy John's. Did you? Uh, well, here's a. Uh, a little short little item that I found. Uh, and there's a new call to take a closer look at the energy drink Prime that has surged in popularity thanks to social media. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is warning parents and calling on the FDA to investigate. And the problem here is that the product has so much caffeine in it that it puts Red Bull to shame. But unlike Red Bull, it is specifically targeted. The advertising campaign is targeted at kids under 18. Yeah, Chuck Schumer is fine with your 10-year-old being chemically castrated 
or getting some other kind of genital mutilation genital mutilation without your without your consent. He's fine with that, but drinks with caffeine? Oh no, that that's a bridge too far. Imagine that. Yeah. I mean, what what is some lobbyist got to him, paid him off. Oh, for sure. You know, the the big, big time. Yeah. And uh that's what uh that's what he's going after is this drink I never even heard of, Prime. Oh, it's brand new. Is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's going after yeah, that. Just but go, go ahead and mutilate your child and, uh, you know, let let uh, doctors and healthcare professionals uh, mutilate your child without letting you know. That's fine with Schumer. Mm-hmm. But boy, don't drink caffeine. Don't let him drink caffeine. Man. Man, oh man, oh man. Allison, you're just sitting there not saying anything. Uh, let's talk about, uh, do we have time to talk about electric vehicles? We got about a, uh, what have we got? Where is it? Two, two minute, two and a half minute cut? See, I don't know what's coming up. Sure. Okay. Um, Senator Steve Daines from Montana uh, talked to uh, talk to a, uh, there was a, during a hearing in the U.S. Senate, uh, and the Secretary of Energy, Jennifer Granholm, was testifying and talking about electric vehicles. And I thought you'd be interested in uh, some of the comments that he had to say. Senator Steve Daines from Montana. On the one hand, you want to mandate not only electric cars, but industrial-scale backup batteries for wind and solar farms, all in the name of saving the planet. Yet, on the other hand, you want to radically restrict mining, also in the name of saving the planet. Well, you can't do both. About 3% of vehicle sales are now electric, so congratulations, only 97% more to go. And we don't need to get into a discussion today about where you think the electricity for your electric cars is going to come from. About 80% of our electricity still comes from the very fossil fuels that you're waging war against, and you're creating devastating shortages by doing that. We'll, We'll save that for another day. But let's just look at the mining requirements. In order to meet your electric car mandates, specifically a six-fold increase in demand over the next decade, we're going to need 384 additional graphite, lithium, nickel, and cobalt mines by 2035, according to industry forecasts. Expensive recycling mandates will only reduce this number to 336 new mines that we're going to need. In fact, according to the uh, International Energy Agency, An electric car requires six times the mineral inputs of a comparable internal combustion vehicle. Six times the mining to produce a comparable car. If it is your contention that the mining required to produce electric cars is a threat to the environment, then you are also admitting that the electric cars that require it are a threat to the environment. Can't you see how foolish and self-destructive and absurdly contradictory these policies have become? And can't you see yet the damage that you're doing not only to the environment but to people's lives? As you make it harder and harder to mine the components to meet your mandates, the expense of those materials rises dramatically. We're already seeing that at the gas pump and in our utility bills. And it's not just electricity, it's everything these minerals could be used for if they were more efficiently applied. When something is scarce, it becomes expensive. You're making all of the things that we depend upon for our quality of life more scarce and therefore more expensive. 
you're fixated on, on a one degree rise of global temperatures over the next century, but you couldn't care less that you're making it financially impossible for many people to heat their homes in sub-freezing winters. Europe's now reverting to burning wood to survive this winter. This is not going to end well for humanity. Uh, it was Senator Steve Daines from the state of Montana. Uh, testified. He was uh, questioning Sen- uh, Secretary of Energy Jennifer Granholm. And what's come out recently, uh, nobody wants to buy electric vehicles, is what, what it boils down to. Uh, I, di- I didn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, nationwide inventory uh, of electric vehicles uh, is now sitting at over 92,000 unsold vehicles. That translates to a 92-day backlog of electric vehicles, which is almost twice the current average for gas-burning cars. Hmm. Nobody wants to buy them. Uh, it, well, certainly here in Hill Country, they would not be a good option. Well, no. Uh, you know, I, somebody, I was reading about somebody or somebody told me that, uh, oh, they were so proud they just they just bought a, a Ford F-150 electric pickup. And I'm thinking, what is wrong with you? Because they pay a lot more for it. Uh, you know, internal combustion engine cars are hot sellers. People know what to expect from them. And we have the infrastructure. Plus, they cost a lot less than either hybrids or electric vehicles. Uh, so, you know, more than f- about 5% of the population can actually afford to buy a, a gas-powered vehicle. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's hard for people to change their long ingrained behaviors. I've said for a long time, we have, the, the figures are, we have about 500 years of fossil fuels uh, remaining, estimated at present use. Well, do you think in the next 500 years we'll figure out a way, some alternatives to fossil fuels? Uh, but right now, all the alternatives, with one or two exceptions, uh, are just untenable. And actually, we're going to be talking about solar when we come back from the break uh, and uh, the good things about solar. Solar is, is, is uh, probably the best alternative, although, it, it's, again, it, it requires a whole lot of, uh, a lot of um, government taxpayers' uh, money. Uh, but uh, that's the deal with electric vehicles. People aren't buying them because they don't want them. And, you know... The battery goes out, you got to take out a second mortgage on your house to replace it or to buy another electric vehicle. I mean, it, it's the battery is practically uh, worth more than the, the used car. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, Well, we are Bill and Allison on the Hill Country Patriot, your information station. We're going to be back from this very short break, and you'll uh, hear some things about solar you may not have known about. Parker, and they are both operations manager of Greater Texas Solar out of Mason. Kim and Angie, welcome to the Bill and Allison show. We appreciate being on. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you all for having us. First thing I wanted to ask you, though, is even though you're based in Mason, what is your service area? It's rather large. Um, We'll go, I say, almost anywhere in Texas. You know, there are places we prefer to not go, like Austin or San Antonio. Well, so we, we, we prefer not to go to Austin ourselves. <laughs> exactly. 
Okay. Uh, okay, so, so so mainly Hill Country. Maybe we should say up front that, that we have used your company and we have solar at our house. Yes, I think that's that's an important uh, disclaimer. Uh, that's the reason. <laughs> that's that's how we met these ladies. And frankly, we looked around. We wanted to do solar first. We can dust the other as we should, and all that. Uh, we decided to do it, and that's how we got to know this company. And this is the company that we chose. Uh, but there are you know there are fine companies out there. This is not a commercial uh, per se for a greater greater Texas solar <clears throat> for greater Texas solar. It's not a commercial. <laughs> How should you vet a company? Check reviews online. Call and talk with more than one person at the company. Don't just talk to your salesperson. Ask to talk to, you know, the business manager. Ask to talk to the, you know, project managers. And just, you know, make sure you've got that warm and fuzzy feeling, I guess you could say, with every person at the company. Follow your, you know, your gut feeling. If you feel like something's wrong, call and get a second opinion. Call us. We'll give you a second opinion. You know, if you're out of our area, we don't mind even double-checking your quote to make sure that it's, you know, legitimate and you're getting a fair deal and being taken care of. Explain to our, our listeners why they should use solar. Um, I would say the number one goal that we're getting as of lately would be energy independence um, and fixing the cost of your power. We all know that the cost of power has done nothing but, go, you know, go up and going to continue to go up over the years. And so um, what you're doing is you're fixing the cost of your power that you're producing and using at your home to usually what's less than today's rate. What people might not know and what we are seeing is that we are selling power uh, back to the, to the electric company. And in certain areas, that's an okay thing to do. And that goes into the sizing of your system and your actual net metering agreement with your power company. Not every power company net meters. Some of the deregulated areas, we are not seeing that. And so with that meaning, we have to definitely appropriately size the system for your daytime usage type situation. And so it's not always an option for, uh, you know, certain areas to be able to do that. But yes, in our neck of the woods with the co-op that we have, um, you can definitely They'll buy your power back. They'll, you know, at the end of the year, they'll write you a check for anything you've overproduced. And that check will be for the wholesale rate, but it's still better than just giving it away. Plus, you you save a lot of money on the fact that uh, many days you're not you're not spending many money on electricity. You're, you're selling it back. Correct. With battery backup, um, of course, you know, you've got a, what we call a hybrid inverter. Um, and then you've got your solar panels. And with that hybrid inverter, you can hook up a generator, you can hook up wind power. There's so many options with this particular piece of equipment that we use. And um, the batteries just give you a little bit of insurance, or actually, I guess, a lot of insurance. Everything that touches our lives is usually is powered, whether that be our computers, our refrigerators, the gas pumps at the gas station, uh, medical equipment that we use, everything is electricity. You know, during COVID especially, I feel like we all realized that maybe we didn't have near as much control over our lives as maybe we thought we did. And so none of us know what tomorrow brings. And so we've been getting a lot more calls about battery backup. And with that being said, something were to ever happen to the grid or we have rolling blackouts or anything with the battery storage, you, you know, store the power that you make and... It's available for you when the grid is down or if you want to use it at night to curtail some of the 
costs that you may be getting charged by your power company. All kinds of options come in to play with the battery backup systems. So we're talking with Kim Kring and Angie Parker of Greater Texas Solar, and we're talking about solar and uh, solar power and what a lot of people are uh, deciding they they might want to have as a as a backup system or uh, even their main system. I have a question about uh, the reliability and uh, what maintenance is involved in a solar system. You know, it's extremely reliable. Of course, we say that there's not a lot of maintenance, and in most times there's not. And um, you may need to wash off your panels if it's a super dry year. Um, I'd say clean them really good once a year. Just kind of a maintenance, just like you would, you know, anything else in your house. As a company, of course, follow follow up and keep up with all of our service requests and maintenance requests. We've got guys that we send out to go clean your panels and see remotely if there is any problems going on. A lot of times we'll get an alert, but we can also tell by just your production. And that is something we actively monitor every day. Yeah, what I like, too, is uh, that, uh, you know, I can go on the computer or I can go on on my phone app and and see how much power the panels are producing and there's a little graph that shows uh, how much power is uh, being used by by our home and how much power is actually uh, being sent back to the uh, power company and uh, that's that's always a fun thing to see. <laughs> yeah, you can almost play a game you know where it's like oh I'm not going to use more than I produce today. That's right that's right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's especially interesting right now with uh, the high heat that we're having. Yes, yes. Kim and uh, Angie, Greater Texas Solar, how do people get in touch with you, get more information on, on solar itself and uh, your particular product? Well, we've got our website, it's greatertexassolar.com. And we're enjoying Thank our solar, we're enjoying our solar panels. <laughs> okay. Thank then. you all very much. Well, you bet. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's a little interview we did with mm-hmm. uh, with those ladies. Remi- I'm glad we listened to that. It reminds me we have to clean them periodically. Yeah, I, you know, I thought of that too when I <laughs> when I saw that. Well, a reporter uh, saying on the subject of uh, loosely climate, a reporter uh, in Iceland actually uh, asked Joe Biden's uh, Joe Biden's climate czar, and every time I say the words Joe Biden, I don't care. If you think I'm Satan reincarnated. <laughs> I can't believe he said that. I know. Really? <laughs> anyway. I mean, who would ever say something who like that? that? Who says stuff like that? Of course, when you saw that, remember when he, he gave that speech? That fiery, oh, that's angry right. that's speech? Right. That's stand, right. And it was all red behind yes. him? Yes. He did look yes. like he was in it, hell. It did. Anyway, a reporter uh, in Iceland asked uh, the uh, Biden's climate czar, John Kerry, if he thought that his flying in a private jet to Iceland to pick up an award for climate leadership <laughs> was environmentally responsible. Kerry responded by saying that using private jets everywhere he goes in the world, he said, quote, is the only choice for somebody like me who is traveling the world to win this battle. Listen to this. First is the uh, Iceland reporter asking him, uh, and then uh, we have uh, Senator John Kennedy from uh, the state of Louisiana commenting on on this John Kerry business using private jets to go collect climate climate stewardship awards. (laughs) On that issue, pollution, I understand that you came here with a private jet. Uh, Is that uh, an environmental way to travel? If you offset your carbon it's the only choice for somebody like me 
who is traveling the world to win this battle. I think the American people are so tired, so tired of being lectured by the managerial elite. The entrenched politicians, the media, the academics, the, uh, the corporate phonies, the tuna tartar crowd who live in the expensive condos with the high ceilings and the important art on the wall, who think they're better than the American people, who think they're smarter and more virtuous than the American people, and who think they are special and that the rules don't apply to them. I, I remember um, the late Marilyn Monroe said one time, she said, if you're going to be two-faced, at least make sure one of them is pretty. And uh, George Burns, uh, a famous comedian years ago, used to say, the key to success is sincerity. Fake that and you've got it made. I'm not saying that Secretary Kerry isn't sincere, and I'm not saying he, he doesn't care about the environment. I think he does. But you got to walk the walk, man. Respect has to be earned. It's not a participation trophy. And uh, when, when the secretary says, look, I'm a busy, important guy, he is, so the rules don't apply to me, you don't earn respect that way. I can tell you, I, for, for the reason that we just talked about, when I fly back and forth to my home, to my state, uh, I always fly commercial and, uh, and I always fly, uh, ride in coach for that reason, because people see you and, and, and judge you by your actions. And what you do is what you believe and everything else is just conversation. You have to lead by example. That was Senator John Kerry from Louisiana, and uh, he's always always has something very mm-hmm. pungent he's, and interesting to say. He's delightful. He's a delightful guy. Uh, well, just uh, wrapping up this story about John uh, Kerry, not John Kennedy, but John Kerry flying in a private jet all over the world to collect climate leadership awards. Uh, he owns the company, actually his wife owns the company that charters his private jets. So taxpayers pay his company. For his private jet junkets, which is he bills the taxpayers fifteen thousand five hundred dollars per hour. Uh, he tries to hide this by keeping the private jet company, which is called Flying Squirrel LLC, in his wife Teresa's name. But the taxpayers' money goes right into his pockets. Wow, well, I did not know that. Yeah, not long ago, Kerry flew in a private jet to uh, Martha's Vineyard for Obama's uh, birthday. And, by the way, both Obama and Kerry own multi-million dollar oceanfront homes there. Each one is valued at about $12 million each. I guess neither of them believe their own claims about sea levels rising dramatically because of climate change. <laughs> so John Kerry uh, has that house, but he's, he's, he's the lord of no less than five. Five multi-million dollar homes, all staffed with servants, luxury cars, boats, filled with expensive antiques and art. Uh, oh, his private jet, his carbon-spewing private jet is busy. They often fly to their $8 million Sun Valley, Valley Idaho home, uh, which was featured on VH1's Fabulous Life of Ten Hottest Celebrity Winter Getaways. His $12.8 million Boston house in the exclusive neighborhood of Beacon Hill, 
boasts a five-story townhouse with 12 rooms, six fireplaces, and a rooftop deck with an elevator. His D.C. townhouse in prestigious Georgetown has 23 rooms, eight bedrooms, and 10 bathrooms. I've been there, actually. I've been there. That's the house I at the party. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's right. Uh, it's valued at $6 million. It was, that, John, it was John's house then. Uh, um, Teresa's husband. Teresa's husband, John Hines. You're right. Uh, it's valued at $6 million. That's the cheapest of his five houses. His Nantucket, Massachusetts home. Here we go again. A six-bedroom waterfront beach house. This is all John Kerry's now. With a private beach valued at $12 million. Oh, oh I'm not done. In Fox Chapel, Pennsylvania, John Kerry owns a 14,090-acre compound. He got all this money from Teresa, by the way. She mm-hmm. was married to John Hines of the Hines Ketchup people, mm-hmm. and he died in a plane crash, so she became a very rich widow. Then she married John. John Kerry would be shining people's shoes if he hadn't mm-hmm. married Teresa. So whenever um, you're at a restaurant and eat Hines Ketchup, th- realize that you're contributing to John Kerry. Basically, yes, you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely we, good we point, We do not Allison. buy it at our house. Very good point, Allison. No, we buy the H-E-B think, brand. Mm-hmm. Kerry flies in his taxpayer-funded jet between Martha's Vineyard and Boston because saving planet Earth isn't worth a two-and-a-half-hour drive. A bald-faced hypocrite. Bring me sunshine in your smile In this world where we live, there should be more happiness. So much joy we can give. Welcome back. Looks like the sun is starting to come out. I'd hope it was going to be overcast all day today. Yeah. Oh, really? I hadn't looked. I, I'm, yeah. My back is to the window. Yeah. I, I'm facing, oh, there it facing is. the window. So. Yeah, I was looking like it might be a nice look, little cooler today, but not according to our trusty, trusty weatherman. Mm-hmm. What did George Carlin call himself? Ringy dingy weatherman or what? I forgot. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, when I, when I was uh, doing uh, radio in uh, in college at our little college station, I came up with a bit which uh, George Carlin later used. <laughs> I'm not saying he, so stole, he stole it from he me. he stole it from you? Yeah, not exactly. Huh. I'm sure he's listening to our college radio station. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, no, I, w- I would say things like, I'd say, okay, here's the weather forecast. Tonight, it'll be increasing darkness, and uh, we'll have about t- 10 hours of complete darkness, and in the morning, it will start to get lighter. Or I did another one that says, okay, here are the sports scars. 12 to 9, 24 to 13, and 18 to 4. <laughs> yeah, they were about as funny then as they are now, Allison. <laughs> I guess it was a slow day. Well, thanks the, a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, we had all of our, all of three listeners, to You know, I, I worked at a station in Highland Park, Illinois, where uh, I, I said to people, uh, I said, do you realize that the coffee maker has more wattage than the station itself? <laughs> I said, I, I think if we opened the window and shouted, we'd have a bigger audience. That, that was Highland Park, anyway. Well, Texas, some good news. Texas A&M. They have announced that they are ending the use of diversity, equity, and inclusion policies in both its hiring and student admissions. All right. The chancellor, John Sharp, said, 
quote, no university or agency in the A&M system will admit any student nor hire any employee based on any factor other than merit. Thank you, A&M. Excellent. Isn't that great? Well, you know, se- several several people in media have, have talked about how they were admitted to college because they were black. Uh, yeah. Yeah, didn't uh, Michelle Obama Michelle she, Obama. Uh, Princeton or wherever yeah, she she went? did. She, she actually said if, if it weren't for, you know, if it weren't for affirmative, uh, affirmative, affirmative action. action. In other words, if it weren't the fact that uh, they were racists mm-hmm. and let me into Princeton, I never would have made it. Mm-hmm. She admitted that. Mm-hmm. She didn't say the word racist, of course. She didn't right. acknowledge that. And uh, Katenji Brown, the the mm-hmm. uh, new Supreme Biden's new Supreme Court justice, mm-hmm. uh, was picked because of her race and her sex. Mm-hmm. Biden said when he was running for president, I will put a black woman on the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. So uh, whites, white men need not apply mm-hmm. or Asian men or women need not apply uh, nor Hispanic men or women need not apply. I will put a black woman on the Supreme Court. So she was picked for her race Mm -hmm. and for her sex and then she sits and decides whether affirmative action is a good thing or not (laughs) when the Supreme Court had to decide on it. She should have been, she should have recused herself or John Roberts should have said you're not, since you are an affirmative action pick. Of course she's, in her opinion, fortunately is in the minority, but she voted oh no, affirmative action is just fine. Well of course that's why you're on the Supreme Court. <laughs> so, no, she should have been recused. Well, was it last week that I was talking about how SAT scores are, are yeah, rigged? are rigged. Yeah. Many people don't know that. Yeah. Um, well, I should go over. I'd forgotten about that. But, um, yeah, it, SAT scores, uh, if you're Asian, a couple hundred points are subtracted from your SAT score. If you're black, about 300 are added. If you're Hispanics, they get about 130 points added to theirs. I mean, talk about racism. Yeah, exactly. People can't see how racist that is? Exactly. We are Bill and Allison, are we not? Yes, We're we still are. Bill? Yes, we are. As Kinky I'm calls st- me? I'm st- <laughs> still <laughs> Bill? Still Bill and Allison. Join us. Uh, oh, on our website. First, First couple of TexasRadio.com. So join us there if you want to hear any of our past shows. First couple of TexasRadio.com. We're on every Saturday morning from 8 to 10. Join us there, here rather, on the Hill Country Patriot, your information station. And we're so proud to be on this station. Thanks for listening.